With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop pre-game show there we go i said the episode number uh it's the pre-game show for the greatest rivalry in college sports maybe even sports in general i don't Mm -hmm. care what sports you go for it is the iron bowl no matter what i don't care national relevancy i don't care about the game i don't care about the red river shootout i don't care about your rivalry it is the iron bowl without a doubt and I am here following Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I hope no one killed each other uh, as the Iron Bowl grows ever ever so close. Tar, how you doing, buddy? How's your Thanksgiving? Hey, man. Had a great Thanksgiving. Good to see family. Good to see friends. And I uh, got to catch up with some folks I hadn't seen in a while, so it was nice. Stuffed myself full of dressings, a little full of turkey, ham, the whole nine yards. Doing great, but even more pumped up to be talking Auburn, Alabama, the greatest rivalry, I'll say it, in sports, the Iron Bowl. And... What better way uh, to kick it off and, and get amped up, get the blood pumping on this fine Friday before the Iron Bowl than to sit here and talk Auburn, Alabama. We're going to throw down some numbers here in a second, Dylan. We're going to talk about Alabama's strengths and weaknesses, what Auburn needs to do to get the job done. And then we'll talk about some intangibles for a second because I'm telling you, folks, I'm amped up. The Iron Bowl feels different every year. It's a different, different feeling when you step on campus. Nothing else matters. The history does not matter. The only history that matters is the hatred. The true, passionate, just hate's a strong word, and that's why we use it. Uh, hatred for one another on the on the gridiron, and it's laying it down, and uh, Auburn hosting UAT at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And yes, we will exclusively be referring to them, uh, not exclusively, but I will be majoritively uh, referring to them as UAT, so I can act accordingly, just like the rest of our college loop enthusiasts. Dylan, you pumped up to talk Iron Bowl, man. I know that you know there's been some ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster this season, but damn it, dude, this is the best, best, best day of the year. Best day of the year. Here's the thing: everyone's saying it's Alabama Hate Week. It's Alabama Hate Week. It's Alabama Hate Week. It's it's never Alabama Hate Week because it's never there's never that that means that there's a time and a place where you don't hate Alabama. That's right. I hate Alabama for every millisecond of every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year of every decade of every century of eternity i hate alabama with every fiber of my being if alabama has a thousand haters i am one of them if they have a hundred haters i am one of them if they have 10 
I am one of them. If they have one, it is me. And if it is one, Auburn gave me a heart attack in the Iron Bowl. That is where I stand. I hate Alabama with every fiber of my being. Nothing and you know the beautiful part up. about this rivalry is the best part. Alabama hates us right back. And and I live for this. This is there's a reason that people argue is it the game or is it the Iron Bowl? The reason that that, that, that this conversation exists is because people need something to compare to the Iron Bowl. And they need to find something they think is comparable to the Iron Bowl. This is unequivocally the greatest in-state rivalry in all sports. Period. Point blank. And it's time for us to break it down. We're going to talk. We're going to start out with UAT, their strengths and weaknesses, what they do well on each side of the ball. Um, and there, there's a layup answer. We're going to open open up right now to you, Dylan. Jalen Milrow, we talked about this earlier in the week. All right. They talked about this on the, on the Thursday show. He, he has turned into, whether you like to admit it or not, folks, he's turned into a hell of a football player. Uh, he's he's playing very, very good football right now, the best of his career to this point, and he presents a number of problems. Dylan, Dylan where, does that, where does that factor in, and where does Auburn need to focus on schematics in terms of containing Jalen Milrow? Because that, in my opinion, is the number one key to keeping yourself in this ballgame. Of course, uh, you have a guy who can run the ball as well as pass the ball. We saw against LSU, kind of he didn't he didn't struggle through the air, but he didn't score. But with with his arm, but with his legs, he never rushed the ball twenty times for one hundred fifty five yards. Got four touchdowns on the ground versus LSU and LSU, not the best defense in the world. But Auburn couldn't score on him. Uh, looking at it schematically, uh, he's been no, no one has gotten as hot as Jalen Murrow has been playing this season. Got started off rough, had some rough spat, patches in between, but it is unequivocally – he is unequivocally one of the hottest players in college football right now from where he started, where he is now. He's got – he can move with his legs. He can throw the ball deep. You have to watch him by by air or by, or by land. You have to look out for that. The thing that factors into Auburn here is the fact that he has been sacked 33 times on the season. Granted, he has not been – He's well, he got one sack versus Chattanooga, but he's not been sacked multiple times since LSU. Uh, and also, Tennessee sacked him four times. And Arkansas. Arkansas got him five times. And Texas A&M got him six times. And then even before that, Mississippi State and Ole Miss got him four times each. Texas got to him five times. So, if you want Jalen Moreau to – here's the thing. As good of a passer as he has been throughout this season – he is not that great of a decision maker when it comes to getting pressure on him. And if you get pressure on him, he's also, I, I say that saying to say this, he's also made some great plays with pressure on him. This game is going to have to be the best game played by this Auburn defense to date. You, if you get pressure on Jalen Milrow, Nehemiah Pritchett, DJ James, your head better be turned, ready to jump up for a 50 50 ball with, with uh, Jermaine Burton or any of these other wide receivers that Alabama has. If you are not prepared for any way, Jalen Burrow is an escape artist of sorts. If he if you, he will avoid a sack and throw the ball deep down the field, and whether it's, inter- it's going to be a 50-50 ball, if it's intercepted, so what? But you cannot let Jermaine Burton get hot either. This game, and again, it, Auburn's going to play a perfect brand of football on defense to stop Alabama. Because looking at the numbers, uh, against Kentucky, who has a pretty decent defense. He had 234 yards passing, 68% completion percentage, three touchdowns, one interception. Also got three touchdowns on the ground as well. Uh, LSU, we're talking about that, zero touchdowns in the air, four on the ground. Tennessee got two on the th- through the air and did not get a single thing going in the run game. I mean, he He's had multiple games where he's not gotten over 50 yards rushing. And he's, and he's still one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the country, a- athletically. You're looking at this defensive line, this linebacker core. You, they are going to be in for the best quarterback they have played since Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you nailed it. I, I, I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. When you break down Jalen Milrow, what does Auburn have to do? I want to throw up a uh, a comment from our last show from Bob Williams, friend of the program. You'll throw that up there for me real quick, Dylan. Uh, talking about Jalen Milrow and, and forcing him into being one dimensional, as we talked about on the two. Excuse me. Thursday Thanksgiving installment of the College League podcast, um, where Bob Williams said, "Punish Milrow every time he decides to run the ball. Keep him in the pocket. Don't make him look like a Heisman candidate." I think this crushes it. This actually sums up everything that we're trying to say in one little blurb, Dylan. In terms of 
make Jalen Milrow be one dimensional. Now, don't get me don't get me twisted here, folks. Jalen Milrow could beat you one dimensionally. He, he can, but you gotta you don't you you can't give him the opportunity to do both. Uh, you've got to make sure that every time, like like Bob said, every time he decides to pull the ball down and and take off, make him think about it. I'm, I'm not asking. I, I never ask for injuries. I I, I want to be. I want my team to be the other team clean in terms of like, I don't want to leave any room for doubt. Right. But also make Milrow think, Hey, they got some dudes on that defense that, that could ring my bell. If I'm trying to make extend plays and it's really not working, get him, get him behind the line, put him, put him on his butt a few times. Like you said, Dylan, a lot of sec teams have been really good at getting to Jalen Milrow and putting him on his, on his rear end and forcing it into a sack. That is where that begins. Now, this receiving course is still going to get get the job done to some degree. They're, Alabama's going to put up points. That's going to happen. No matter how perfect Auburn plays on defense, this offense is playing the best brand of football they are uh, they have all to this point this year. Matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, Dylan, if if Alabama beats Auburn on Saturday, I'm going to be quite confident in my picks for them to beat UGA in the SEC championship. That's just me being completely transparent because they're hot. But Alabama does have this Achilles heel that wears orange and blue at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, and, and, and there is – always going to be the element of, of, of momentum on your side. This defense needs to tap into that. And it starts with getting your crowd amped up by putting Jalen Milrow to the point where he's looking out his ear hole for a minute. Make him think about the fact, wow, this Auburn defense is not messing around today. I've got to figure out and get on the same page with my guys. As soon as they have to start making adjustments, you are playing the upper hand. That is where you need to get them into. And you need to get them into it early, specifically if you know Auburn wins the toss and Bama gets the ball first. Uh, that's go make a statement on your first drive on your first defensive drive. That's, that's such an important part uh, of, of all of this to me. And then if you, if you look just holistically here, Dylan, Alabama's averaging just South of 37, uh, 37 points a game, 36 and a half. Um, and their opponents are only averaging 17, three. Now granted you can sprinkle in whatever you want to talk about there, but at the same time there, this defense and we're going to talk about the Alabama defense here in a second is getting the job done offensively. A lot of people talking about how Alabama doesn't run the ball, doesn't have a true feature back this year. Also, it's a correct statement. It's by committee at Alabama this year. But at the same time, a lot of people kind of overlooking. Alabama's attempted rushes 433 yards. Granted, that's going to include quarterback scrambles, sure. Uh, to just 255 passing attempts. That means that this offense is a hell of a lot more balanced than a lot of people may lead on from the beat because they're taking downfield shots, as Alabama has come to be known over the past half decade, right? Dating back to really Jalen Hurts. You look at it, they're also averaging four and a half yards per rushing attempt. That also factors in the fact that Jalen Milrow can get it done on those legs. But at the, same, at the end of the day, that's all factors into stopping the run game, right? Shut down the Alabama run game in whatever capacity that looks like, and it begins with Jalen Milrow. Let's take a look on the defensive side of the ball here, Dylan. What does Alabama do really well that sticks out to you that's going to present a challenge for what needs to be, I'll go ahead and say it, a legacy game for Peyton Thorne? This Bama defense gets the quarterback, and they force mistakes. Uh, if you look at the top of their defense, you have guys like Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, who both have seven sacks on the season, even by hand. Uh, just, Justin Boigby, he's got five, and then it kind of trickles down before you finally get to zero, about about 11 players down from that list. But you have two players who have 14 sacks each. Dallas Turner is an absolute wrecking ball of a linebacker, and he and believe me, whenever he hits somebody, it hurts. It'll hurt. Uh, I'm not calling him dirty or anything, but he he hits hard. I and looking at it through the air, you have, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, but looking at the defense, I mean, Kool Aid McKinstry is there. Honestly, you can use this as clickbait. You can use this in whatever high video you want to, Bama fans. Kool Aid McKinstry is not an is not an S tier level defensive back. He is not even the best defensive back on Alabama's team this year. That is Terion Arnold, who has 10 pass deflections and three interceptions on the year. This Bama defense is built by Bama. This is a this is a purebred Bama defense that we have been used to seeing in the past. They get to the quarterback, they force mistakes. That is exactly the brand of football that Nick Nick Saban loves to play on defense. And I, whether that's Kevin Steele's fault, I don't know. Uh, he's a merchant of having good. Whenever he has good talent, he looks better on paper. That's crazy to me, uh, but whatever. But looking at it. This is going to have to be another – I know it's crazy to say this. If Auburn wants to win this game, they'll play perfectly on yeah. both sides of the ball. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at this defense, looking at the games that they have struggled the most against, uh, starting off with Texas, look at the wide receiver core for Texas. Their longest – they average – the top four receivers for Texas 
averaged 22.8, 26, 15, and 14.7 yards. And their longest plays of the day were 50, 39, 44, and 31. And then to go even further that, go to Alabama at Texas A&M, 26 to 20 win. And it was able to get the ball down the field. Uh, their top four receivers again, or top, I'll give them top five, all got double digits. Uh, you have Anaya Smith who had 22 yards per catch. You have Moose Muhammad at 25 yards per catch. And then he trickles down. It goes to Evan Stewart, 15 yards per catch. Going to the next one, Arkansas. You had Andrew Armstrong had 12 yards per catch. Varquez Gums had 25 yards per catch. And Ty Washington had 24 yards per catch. Granted, those both, both those guys had one catch for those yards, but neither here nor there. Still getting the ball down the field. Tennessee. Tennessee did it better than anybody else because they start, They came out of the gate punching Bama in the mouth. Uh, they had long plays of 39, 30, 20, and 14 uh, through the air. And LSU, of course, had Blake Neighbors. I don't know if you know who Blake Neighbors is. He's one of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, he averaged 17 yards per catch on 10 catches, got 117 yards. Long of the day, 46. And then it goes to Kyron Lacey with 26, Byron Thomas Jr. with 23. If Peyton Thorne, if you freeze, want to come out of this game and prove that they practiced this week at least for Alabama, you are going to have to come out and throw the ball down the field. You can't be one-dimensional against the Alabama team. You can't be one-dimensional against most teams and win. If Peyton Thorne wants to win this game, he's going to need his wide receivers on his side. You cannot have those stupid drops. You cannot have Shane Hooks giving up on plays. You can have Caleb Burton running times .5 speed down the field you are going to need every single bit of this wide receiver core on the same page with Peyton Thorne every single down every single play every quarter for 60 minutes that is what you're going to need for Auburn to stand tall against this Bama defense and it also stands Dylan Wade Gunnar Britton Avery or Connor Lou and um, Cam Stutz Jeremiah Wright I'm trying to think of the left guard that's blanking on me. I don't think it's left tackle. And Xavier Miller. And Xavier Miller, all caps on that one. No fouls. No false starts. No holdings. Do not bring this ball backwards at all. You got to win this game. I agree. I mean, that's that, that's how that's 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 the recipe. There's also two other stats I wanted to point out the, from from the Alabama perspective that this Alabama defense has has kind of become a trend this year. Opponents are 53 of 156 on third down conversions. That put comes out to right about 34% against this Alabama defense, which means in theory you have a one in three chance of converting every every third down uh, that, that, you, that you face. Uh, those numbers obviously increase the shorter the down and distance, uh, the, the shorter the distance on that down, right? Uh, on fourth down conversions, they're about they're seven of 23 for 30.4%. Hopefully, you don't get in that position on, uh, on a lot of occasions. So, like, let's let's just kind of scrap that part. Third down conversions this game. You've got to keep yourself in front of the sticks all three downs that you're going to get in theory before a punt. Uh, you've got to keep yourself in front of the sticks and give yourself a fair chance. Like you said, Noel, that receiving course got to be on the same page as Peyton Thorne. Give him the opportunity to be successful. You get behind the sticks and you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot in a hurry. That's how that's how Alabama runs, runs away with this game is that Auburn kills itself more than Alabama kills Auburn. I'm not going to sit here and put on a facade and tell you, then Alabama doesn't need to play some sloppy football for Auburn to win this game. That's that, that's a given. But I, I I think that something encouraging really is the 34% opponent conversion percentage on third downs. I know that that's a really niche stat for me to pull out, but Auburn finds itself in those third and mediums kind of a lot. And if you can manage those and convert, let's say 50% of them, you're you're gonna you're gonna be in a good spot. Your, your benchmark is is not incredibly high, but it's also not incredibly low. So finding a way to, to make that work in your advantage is so imperative, specifically, and building the confidence and make letting Peyton Thorne kind of get a rhythm under himself, even if that doesn't mean putting up six every single time. Another thing I wanted to point out, and this kind of ties in, opponents are 23 of 29 in the red zone against Alabama. Now, only 14 of those 29 have gone for touchdowns, but 23 of the 29 times the teams have gotten in the red zone, they came away with points. Every time you get in, with, in, in the red zone, you should walk away with points. There are going to be situational football. I get it. There's going to be situational football where you need to try to be aggressive. You know, you're inside the, the three or four yard line and, and you're going to have to try to go for that touchdown because you got to go get six. I get it. But at the end of the day, if you find yourself in a, in a fourth and a medium on like the 15, take the points and run. Let your defense go get a job opportunity. Make these long drives. 
Alabama's pretty dead even on time of possession with its opponents this year. Only a one-minute differential on average throughout the season. Give yourself a chance. Don't kill yourself. That's the, that's the moral of the story. And I kind of think they tell the tale uh, when it comes to the Iron Bowl this weekend. Yeah, yeah, if you didn't know, Auburn currently ranks 110th in the country and third down conversion. Correct. You've got to give yourself some help there. You've got to give yourself some help there. Those are the tangibles. Those are the statistical stuff. And we talk about this all week. I'm not going to beat a dead horse that don't. Environment's going to mean everything. Situational coaching is going to mean everything. This is the biggest game. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Of Hugh Freeze's entire coaching career. Period. Point blank. Biggest game of his entire coaching career. You got hot. You you got the opportunity to return to the SEC because you're the only coach on the market that's beaten Nick Saban more than once, and you've done it in back-to-back years. And you did it on Miss. I'm not expecting it, but also at the end of the day, if you want your signature win to get Auburn fans 100 on board and leave the skeptics behind, go get a win in the, this Iron Bowl because the coach ahead of you, when he was given the opportunity to finish and seal the deal, he didn't. That is, separates the boys and the men in the world of Auburn football head coaching war. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, that being said, Dylan, are you ready? I don't know. I, yeah. I this game, this game is this game is uh, not lost on me. Uh, those glasses, looking at me uh, very fondly, and I'm trying to resist all temptation. I'll go ahead and go. Uh, You'll be mine. But let me let me build it up. This Saturday, the the Aldo- UAT travels to Jordan-Hare Stadium to take on the Auburn Tigers at 2.30 on CBS. Brad and Gary, sadly, still on the call. But last game of SEC on CBS. Hallelujah. Second last game of the SEC championship. Ah, Alabama, 13-point favorite. ASP and FBI has them with an 85.7% chance to win this ballgame. But Jordan Hare, no stranger to miracles. Tar, what's your prediction for this game? I think this one's really close. I, I do. It's it's you throw out all the all the logic in the Iron Bowl. I mean, logic is not a trend in the Iron Bowl, specifically at Jordan Hare Stadium. Logic just doesn't apply to this game. I'm not picking off. I'm not. I, I, I I'm, I'm sorry to sorry to disappoint people. I've got Alabama 31-24. I, I've got it in a, in, in a one-score game, and, and, I, and I, I, I could be closer. It could be a game-winning field goal. Also, I want to throw this in there as a prop bet. You can bet on Alabama missing a, a field goal in this game. You can bet on it. Um, it's it's something that is a recipe for – that's when I'm going to start feeling like Auburn can win this game. When Alabama misses that first field goal in the first quarter, I'm going to start feeling like Auburn's got a chance. But I don't like – I just I don't like the trajectory of this Auburn team. I'm still convinced um, – not convinced that they're locked in. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get the warm fuzzies um, from Q Freeze saying they were in a funk on Monday. But weirder things have happened. I will never be more thrilled to be wrong in my entire life. But I've got Alabama uh, in this one and by a score, 31-24. Uh, sorry, I'm cleaning my glasses off uh, so I can see clearly through them. Oh, God. As I, uh, I'm going to put them back down. Yeah. And with that, I will get this game. This game has haunted me ever since the New Mexico State game. I went into that weekend with a confidence level of seven. And if Auburn had come out and beat New Mexico State as bad as I thought they were going to, I guarantee you that I would have came out swinging against Alabama saying Auburn was going to handle, not handle, but beat Alabama. I would have too. Yeah, like tremendously. Uh, I look at this game. I look at the wide receivers not playing up to par. The running backs looked sluggish. The offensive line looked bad against Mexico State. Defense could not stop Diego Pavia to save their own life. But something about that Jordan Hare charm just gets to me every single time I look at this game. Something crazy is in the air, Tar. Something crazy is in the air. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate me. I'm going to go with the Auburn Tigers. Not because I, we don't, we're not putting money on this game. We're, no. No, no one loses any credibility for doing this. And I hit Alabama more than I, I, than, I, than anything else. I think I'd rather eat raw Brussels sprouts than, than ever even step foot in Tuscaloosa. I think Auburn comes out 
punches Bama right in the mouth. I think Hugh Freeze was playing mind games the entire time. I think okay. Peyton Thorne has has his legacy game. If not, I think Jarquez Hunter rushes for 150 plus with three touchdowns. Give me Auburn 20 to 17. Okay. The Iron Bowl. It's okay. It's I might be stupid. I might be stupid. You are, but not for this. But I'd rather be I'd rather be stupid and be wrong than support Alabama and be right. I uh, I respect your damn eagle. I respect your level of commitment. I will say this: there will be things that surprise me far more than if Auburn walks away from this game with a win. Uh, just being real, it could happen. And by the time I'm glad we're recording this on Thursday evening. As opposed to Saturday morning, because I'll be feeling a whole lot different on Saturday. Yeah, that's a good thing. We we should not ever do like an Iron Bowl live show because there's no way we're picking Alabama to win on a Saturday morning. Not not on the planes, that's for sure. (laughs) That's that's for sure. So before we get into our rivalry week special pickums edition and a special bonus, which I think we should do before we do our pickums. Um, Yes. Yes, it's gonna be super super cool. Um, You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear these rest rest of the episode. You do that. You do that. Make sure you drop your score predictions right here on the YouTube channel. If you guys are hanging out with us on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. If you guys are listening on the streaming platforms, hey, guys, what's up? Thank you guys so much for joining us. Appreciate your constant support. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, five star, whatever the platform you use, your platform of choice promotes as the best answer and best recommendation. We certainly appreciate that. Share the show with your friends. Tweet at us your score predictions for Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl. Biggest football game of the year, biggest football game in the world. I don't know. Super Bowl might have a word word about that. The only football game in the world. That's right. The only football game to ever be played is the Iron Bowl. Um, but ready to get all those from you guys. If you guys want to continue to support the show, other than like, subscribing, ring the bell on the channel, and giving us a five-star thumbs up on whatever streaming platform you're listening to, you can head to thewarreport.com and pick up your very own College Loop podcast. War Report Podcast Network, co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirt, comes in five different colorways. If you don't want to type in thewarreport.com in the search bar, that's all right. We have it in the link in the description for every single show. Thank you guys for your continual support. Once you pick up your shirt, make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy. Throw it up on whatever social media platform makes you happy and tag us, and it will make sure to throw you guys up on the next stream. You guys are the best listeners in all of college podcast land, college sport podcast land, all of podcast land, period. The entire podcast verse. We couldn't do it without the loop enthusiasts, and we appreciate you guys using hashtag feeling loopy. For any I, I would take I would take all the loopers before I would take all of the PFT listeners. <laughs> Okay. Just want y'all to know that I am I I love all of you, all 680 of you, as we as we were recording this. You guys are dogs, and we appreciate you guys. All right, it is right week. Not go ahead. Leave your predictions in the comment section below for the Iron Bowl, and winner gets a shout out on the Tuesday show. I literally already said that. I was reminiscing on on my pick. Don't worry. That's fine. But Dylan, Dylan reminded you guys, make sure you throw those up. We'll throw up on the next stream. So yeah. let's... I was a little outside the loop on that one. That's okay. That's okay. You were just feeling loopy. That's all. <laughs> a little. Uh, a little. <laughs> it's rivalry week, obviously Iron Bowl week on the plains of Auburn, Alabama, but it's rivalry week across all of college football. And as is customary for all of our pregame shows, we're going to pick 10 games this week, all rivalry games. Sorry, I had the hiccups of this Thanksgiving meal, man. Still really, really kind of getting after me. But <laughs> That coma is coming up soon. Dude, honestly, you're so not wrong. Uh, as we always do, we'll pick our games. But before we do, Dylan and I are both going to list off one each. It's going to be one for each category. We have two categories. Four, rivalry names. Dylan, I'm going to let you pitch these, and I'll answer accordingly, my friend. All right. Well, before we do that, here at the College Loop, we'd like to keep you inside the loop that is Auburn Athletics. But from time to time, as sports enjoyers, we like to venture a little outside of the loop. course welcome to rivalry week the best week in college football and it's not a good rivalry if you don't have a good name to go along with it right so tar what is your favorite rivalry name mine's actually in the fcs and it happened last week but i'm still going to use it because fcs rivalry weeks obviously flexed earlier because of the the playoff formatting i love the brawl of the wild I think that is one of the greatest Montana, Montana state, one of the greatest names ever. It's impossible to not get amped up game days. Almost always there. It's it snows there a lot. It looks just like frigid 
these dudes are like wearing like these offensive linemen are wearing short sleeves and you know like their faces are all super like red and you can see their their breath and it just it feels like and, and the scenery is spectacular for both it, it, it's so fitting the brawl of the wild such a badass thing and if, if, if anyone missed out on that that was actually a game day last last year which was awesome it was in the snow everybody was cold it was just a lot of fun i think I pat mcafee took his shirt off yep yep <laughs> <laughs> uh my I, I you brought up the fact it's not during rivalry either mine actually never takes place during rivalry either i actually absolutely love the holy war great i think it's an all-time great name utah byu uh battle of the of the mormons as well uh it takes place in good old state of utah and i mean utah is just a beautiful state and what better way to encompass that than having the greatest rivalry name in the country in the holy war uh rivalry name that also deserves more love but with that tar what's a rivalry game that you think deserves more a rivalry that deserves more love whether that be just the name that deserves more love or a rivalry name rivalry that should be played more. this is this is the rivalry name that i think needs more love that i learned about like recently as in like right before the show Marshall and Western Kentucky apparently have a rivalry. That's also news to me. Uh, that is labeled the Moonshine Throwdown. I mean, that's just awesome. There's just nothing not awesome about that. So it needs more love. If they don't give like, they, like they have to sell Moonshine at that, right? You have to like the old smoke. Like no way, that, right? Like you know, like the Mason Jar. Like they Dude, sell that old smoke. You should sponsor a bowl game. Dude, yes. I'm all for this. I'm so uh, I'm in. My rivalry game that deserves more love uh, resides in my dad's home state of West Virginia. And I'm not referencing the backyard brawl, which Although does deserve is. more love. It's yes. a great name, a great rivalry all around. I made sure whenever I go, whenever I travel to West Virginia, I grab my pit hat, my West Virginia hat. And of course, I grab my Marshall Thundering Herd hat because Marshall and West Virginia deserve a little bit more love uh those two fan bases hate each other i i've been told i'm not allowed i'm not allowed to wear my martial hat around town whenever i walk around up there because i might get jumped that that's what i've been told by my family uh and i mean their robber name is awesome friends of the coal bowl that's which is awesome. awesome that's awesome i mean i just a state that just loves its coal uh, my grandpa was a coal miner i have his helmet you know if if they ever play each other again i will wear the helmet on a show, you I should. Swear. You and should do my, this, but yeah, it, it'll it'll be my it'll it'll be my pickums. I'll do like the Lee Corso head headgear. Yeah, uh, my mark. It's a green coal miner hat helmet, so I can do that for Marshall, and then I can go grab like a a raccoon hat, yes. uh, like like the Mountaineers, and I can do a headgear pick, uh, like a, a bloodline pick, if you will. Love uh, that. Picking, which would be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, but enjoy your rivalry week. Uh, ignore the worst name in all of rivalry sports, uh, the game. Lame name. Just completely lame. Lazy. You can do better. Y'all can do better. Come on. You're, you're Just do better. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. Michigan, Michigan's only beaten Ohio State in like the last, three times the last 20 years anyway. So I guess what can you do? But Tar, with that, starting off with our pickums, the Civil War on Friday. As the, show, the day of this show coming out, this game is going to be at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Oregon, let me pull this up. Oregon is an 11.5 point favorite. Oregon by two tutties. I'm also going to be rocking with Mr. Bodacious Bonix himself. Heisman. Uh, locking up his Heisman trophy against this really good Oregon State defense that gave Washington fits. But I think Oregon continues on their path to show the world that they are one of the best teams and should get in the playoffs over a lot of other teams, including the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, and to move on to the first game of the Saturday slate, number two, Ohio State travels to the big house to play the University of Michigan. Michigan is currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a tough one to pick. This one's almost a coin toss here. Um, it's, it's tough for me to decide – Obviously, Michigan missing Jim Harbaugh. I don't know how much that really plays into things um, in terms of game installation. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's an over-the-top great X's and O's coach in the first place. But I think Michigan's doing a lot of good stuff uh, right now. Um, and I I have them presumptively winning the Big Ten. 
Ohio State could go out and win this game, um, and McCord could could absolutely ball out, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I'm going to take Michigan being at home, and also they, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder right now for a lot of reasons. Whether you think those are justified or not, sure, but they found a way to make fuel out of it and use it as a, as a what's the word whiteboard material. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking the Wolverines. If you couldn't hear me, roll my eyes as soon as you said. <laughs> bring up any adversity that this team has Michigan has it doesn't have any adversity going against them they cheated they got caught cheating granted a lot of other teams do this too but they've also found a way to use it as fuel yeah they've they did not winning a championship this year but they definitely want have a banner like hang the banner most the corniest team in college football is the Michigan Wolverines and with that I'm rocking with Ohio State this game I think everything is going the right way for them uh, their offense kind of found a little bit of a rhythm. This defense is playing well. They're more balanced than Michigan is. Michigan's one key factor in this game is that it is in the big house. I do, don't think Ohio State wins this game by much. Uh, if it is a field goal, probably is going to decide this game, if not a touchdown. Right. Uh, it's going to be close down to the wire. I think it's going to come down to the fact that I think Kyle McCord is a lot better of a quarterback than J.J. McCarthy is. And that's where it's going to stand with me. So I'm rocking with the Buckeyes in this game. Now, a game that is in the SEC and is 11 a.m. kickoff, a fall from grace in this rivalry game that has happened. Uh, long, are the, long away are the days of a seven-overtime game at 7 o'clock, ending at 1 o'clock in the night. This game is now at 11 a.m. Texas A&M, a Jimbo Fisherless Texas A&M. For, is this the second game without Jimbo Fisher? Or is this second, the, game. second game without Jimbo Fisher? As they travel to Death Valley to play the LSU Tigers who are the 14 team in the country and are an 11 and a half point favorite. Dude, doesn't Jimbo make like $29,000 a day? It's something, it's something nuts to not coach football. Uh, it's, uh, it's bad enough that he's already made like 70, $70 something million dollars to not coach. Dude, I want to be a fired SEC coach so bad. It's unbelievable. Like, I, it's, the money is unreal. Um, LSU and by him, I can send you my LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Right? LSU by three touchdowns. Yeah, L- LSU big. I think as well. Uh, surprisingly enough, I thought that they were going to keep Jimbo until at least the end of this game. Uh, this game had gone awry. Uh, but best not to risk Jimbo Fisher winning this game and keeping him a, keeping him another year. Uh, kind of just save you more, 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 more money. Uh, and now to move on to the 2 o'clock slate. Tar, you actually have the name of this rivalry game. Uh, as the four and seven Colorado Buffaloes travel to the seven and four Utah Utes in Rick Eccles Stadium in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, take on the Utah Utes. Uh, yes, this is sorry, I was waiting for you to throw the banner up. This is formerly known as or currently known as the Rumble in the Rockies, which I think is an awesome rivalry name. Um, Utah, Utah big, but we threw this one up there because the Rumble in the Rockies, I mean, come on, Dylan, it's pretty damn cool. It's it's very cool, and of course, if you know me, you know I love me some Utah. I love the Utah Utes. They're my favorite Pac-12 team, and they're about to be my favorite Big 12 team, or at least one of them. I gotta my Big 12 my Big 12 team are gonna be like a ranking. It's gonna be just if, as long as they're not playing each other, I'm not gonna be torn. But it's kind of gonna be spread. Gotta spread the love a little bit to the Big 12. But yeah, Utah, Utah big. Uh, twenty point favorite. I don't know if they covered that, but they are definitely going to win by two touchdowns. For sure. All right, now to move on to the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, if you will, the ten and one James Madison Dukes, who have been given the shaft by the NCAA because the NCAA is a bunch of cowards. JMU travels to Conway, South Carolina, to take on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. JMU is, of course, an eight point favorite, and they're going to get upset. In Conway, um, JMU, the wheels fell off the JMU wagon against a stinky App State team last week. I mean, they're like, I guess stinky is probably not the right word, but like, they're like feisty. They're not that good. Um, I could see a oh, totally see a Grayson McCall kind of legacy farewell game. I don't think he'll play another game for the Chanticleers. I think he will certainly be a P5 quarterback in his remaining year of eligibility post graduation. Should wink, he decide wink. to return back to college football and not go to the league? And I don't think he will. So I like Coastal Carolina close, um, but they kind of need a signature win this year because it's kind of felt like their fault that they felt they've fallen off. Um, getting up to eight wins would be a good way to walk right off the season and kind of bid farewell to Grace McCall. Yeah, and it seems it seemed very much missed Jamie Chadwell this season. 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if we like knew Jamie Chadwell was a great coach and then went and proved it to Liberty. <laughs> exactly. Uh, surprisingly enough, I'm gonna be rocking with the, with the Dukes. Uh, they've been my ride or die since they joined the FBS. Uh, NCAA, bunch of cowards. Uh, let them bowl. They deserve it. They've earned it. Let them in the seat in the uh, Sun Belt Championship. They've also earned that. I think they're gonna win here and just prove once again that the NCAA sucks. Just flat out sucks. Yeah, I can say that the NCAA sucks and still pick against them. I'm, I'm not above that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I just, I love JMU. And they're also a very good team. All right. Now to go back to the Pac 12 for the three o'clock slate as the Washington State Cougars travel to Seattle, Washington to play the number four Washington Huskies. Washington is a 16 point favorite in the Apple Cup. Super lame name for this rivalry, Washington, Washington by like four touchdowns. I agree. I don't think Washington wins that big. They've been struggling a lot. So I'm, I'm still going to rock with Washington. Uh, but they are setting themselves up. The Pac-12, though. I I believe Washington won this game, and then Oregon gets a big-time revenge game yep. in the Pac-12 championship to set them up for a bon- bodacious Bo Nicks Heisman and a bonacious Bo Nicks national championship run. But with that, a few weeks away from that. And to move down to the SEC versus ACC for the, we called this the, this was the Florida Bowl. Yeah. I think so. Well, lame name, if true. Uh, the number five Florida State Seminoles travel to Gainesville, Florida, take on the five and six Florida Gators. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite, even without Jordan Travis, who has ended his Florida State career, sadly. Rest in peace, his Florida State career. I think Florida actually pulls this upset. Jesus. I do. Um, close. I mean, FSU should be able to out-talent. I'm skeptic without Jordan Travis. Um, Florida's at home. They played a really good Mizzou team really close last week. I would say Mert playing. What's that? Mertz isn't playing. I don't think oh, Mertz. Give me the ugliest rivalry game of the week. Okay. Um, so I'm still going to stick with Florida. Um, just because home field advantage, they want to go bowling. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love this game at all. And it involves the number five team in the country. And I don't love this game. Yeah. Uh, this game comes down to if you can't compare the quarterbacks, cause I mean, even if they, if they were both playing Jordan Travis wins this game, no matter what, if Graham Mertz was playing, I'd give the edge to Florida quarterback. Uh, but without the quarterbacks in, got to give the edge to the teams, Florida state, more talented team. Uh, better team, actually. Uh, better coach. Uh, home foot advantage does favor Florida, but I do believe Florida State's going to still come at it with a win. I don't think it's going to be by a lot, but I am going to get Florida State the win here to wrap up their undefeated season before the ACC championship. Still giving them a shot to make the CFP and prove me right because that's all I want uh, for this uh, season. Can't be right about Auburn. Can't be right. I got to be right about other teams. That's that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. Sure. All right, now Tar, back to your neck of the woods. We have another SEC ACC matchup, as the number one Georgia Bulldogs are going to travel to glorious, beautiful Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at six thirty p.m. Georgia is a twenty-four point favorite in. We said clean, old-fashioned hate. Clean, old-fashioned hate at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Under the lights. And uh, the dogs will cover. It will be a Georgia home game. <laughs> um, Tech's going bowling. They've already had their celebration of the year. I relished in that. I needed that last Saturday. Um, yeah, Tech's going to get their ass handed to them uh, by a lot. And um, this rivalry is not going to be close again for, for the foreseeable future. Um, Brent Key is the key to every door, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of time. And I am currently trying to find – this was on the ESPN pickums. I'm trying to see if I picked Florida – if I picked Georgia Tech to cover or not on here. And I <laughs> did not. So, yeah, I'm going to rock with you there. Uh, Georgia to cover because that's what I picked for my thing and I need it to happen so I can be more right about things. Uh, but, yeah, uh, good rivalry. Or at least was once one. Right. 
I still relish in the days of when Georgia Tech had beaten Georgia more recently than Michigan had beaten Ohio State. Yeah, I did too. Long, long gone are those days. And keeping the trend going of SEC versus SEC, we have the Palmetto Bowl as the number 24 Clemson Tigers travel to a night game in good old Willie Bryce Stadium to play the South Carolina Gamecocks. 7-4 Clemson, 5-6 South Carolina. Clemson is a a 7.5 point favorite. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Get ready to pick South Carolina, Dylan. Um, Oh, baby. D-L-E-N-S-O-N. All right, so that's the house. Clemson looks better. This group looks cohesive. They look like they actually might be able to get better in the offseason and get back to where they were. Um, I got Clemson by like three. Keeping the Clemson curse alive. I'm rocking with the South Carolina Gamecocks, even though that they stink. But no one stinks more than the Clemson Tigers when they get picked by Harrison Tarr. No one is worried. Give me the Gamecocks in this game, and hopefully this does not end the curse. I need I need this to I need this to happen year in year out every I year. Just, you can be the downfall of Dabo Sweeney's Colts. I I might be the downfall of Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> and the last game, no SEC in this one, but strictly ACC. As we move up north to North Carolina, as the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are eight and three and unranked. Take on the 22, 22nd ranked NC State Wolfpack, who are 8 and 3 as well. Uh, UNC is a two and a half point favorite as this takes place in Raleigh, North Carolina. Does yeah, UNC covers. UNC covers. Drake May, farewell game. Um, kid has the goods, slipped up to a very talented and well regarded uh, Georgia Tech team. We can all understand that one. Um, I mean, they're going to beat the dogs on Saturday, so I mean, this is the best team in college football. Um, no, on a real note, UNC wins this ballgame. Wins it close. Um, NC State's up and down and too inconsistent for me to ever pick. Yeah. Uh, in case anyone knew, uh, this game does not have a rivalry name. So not really a rivalry in my book. Uh, sure. People call it the Carolina State game, sure. uh, which is lamer than the game. Yeah. Uh, Auburn fans, I have to say, if you want a game to watch at 7 o'clock, watch this one. MJ Morris is I, – I don't know if he's a starting quarterback right now. He – I think he's yeah, – no, he's not. Brandon Armstrong is. Brandon Armstrong, transfer from UVA. Yeah, but MJ Morris, if he ends up getting in at all – no, he got his red shirt, I believe. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Uh, MJ Morris is, has been hinted at of being an Auburn potential transfer target uh, for a while now. Uh, two years, actually. So, with that, I'm rocking with UNC here. Drake May, all the way. Uh, if only... Tar, I bet you wish you could draft high so you could get Drake May in this upcoming draft. Don't want another UNC quarterback on the roster, bro. Okay. What do you mean? We already have Mitch Bird. A, a Drake May is way better than Mitch Trubisky. Chill out. At least, at least your team has a first-round draft pick. Mitch Berg and Sam Howell have not been like promising enough for me to be like, yeah, let's do this. I'll say congratulations. I don't know if I said on the show yet. Congratulations on the Matt Canada, Canada Fire. Oh, dude, yes. Thank you. So big time. I've made my week. And I really need you to hire Frank Reich as your upcoming offensive coordinator. I would really much appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, Tar, with that, uh, as I see here on my list, I'm going undefeated in all of my picks uh, to round out the regular season. Good luck with that. It's going to be a very fun championship weekend next week yep. when we do. We'll update the standings next week on our show. As we wrap things up here today, first and foremost, before we can get out of here, I do have to remind you guys to please like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel. Leave your comments, your score predictions for Alabama, Auburn, your favorite rivalry week name, your favorite rivalry game, your favorite game, not the Iron Bowl, your favorite version, your all-time favorite Iron Bowl game that you've ever watched, and why is it 2013? And give us your whole rundown on any takes that you guys may want us to discuss. Whether that be if you want to come back here and drop some thoughts during the Iron Bowl, more than welcome to do so. Happy to see that, that those kind of comments so we can talk about it on the Sunday Night Live stream. If you guys are listening on the audio-only version, sorry, it took me a second to process where my brain was going for a second there. If you're listening to the audio-only version, make sure you give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever your platform of choice says is the highest rating, and share the show with a friend. 
We want to make sure we can build this community as large as we can possibly get it because we love talking ball with you guys. You guys are absolute dogs, units, and the best people in the world. If you want to continue to support the show, you can go to thewarcore.com, pick, pick up your very own College Loop podcast, Warcore Podcast Network, co-branded, Feeling Loopy t-shirt, comes in five different colorways. That link is in the description to all of our shows, whether that be on YouTube or beyond. We certainly appreciate that. And if you pick up your shirt, make sure you use hashtag Feeling Loopy. Throw it up on your favorite social media platform, whatever makes you happy. Thank you guys for your continual support. I'm here Sitar at by here Sitar on the bird app on Instagram, wherever you want to find me. That's where I'm at. The only thing that my handle is different is Venmo. So don't worry about that one. I'll need you guys requesting me when Alabama winds up beating Auburn um, or winds up losing to Auburn and telling me that I uh, owe you guys money. Um, I'm just going to give you guys this, uh, a subtle tip of the hat, hat and tell you I'm glad you were right. So that being said, enjoy Iron Bowl weekend. I will be on the campus green front row, top tier Tigers. If you guys want to swing by the tailgate. We're always front row of the campus screen, big, big white tent. Please come by, say hey, take, uh, come, come talk ball. Happy to have you guys. Happy to meet all you guys. It's always a treat to meet you guys in person. Be safe. Tell an Alabama fan you hate them. Take care of each other. And love you guys. <laughs> Dylan's guy. Of course, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy Tank on Twitter slash X. Also come on Instagram as well at Dylan Lark at D Y L A N L A R C K. And of course. I won't be at the game Saturday. I'll be on my couch watching it, uh, screaming at it. But you can probably hear me from Auburn, uh, all 45 minutes away. But, of course, if you are watching the show, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Leave your predictions for the Iron Bowl. We will put your predictions up if you get it right on the Tuesday show. And, of course, uh, let's not hear Thanksgiving with. We care. We want to know. Uh, also, more comments mean more uh, interactions with us. Uh, of course, and we also try to comment as much as possible whenever we see a comment that we really enjoy. And of course, if you want to follow us on every social media, you have us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter slash X, Facebook, the works all at the College Loop. And if you are tired of seeing our faces, completely get it, completely understandable. I would too. But my glasses are cool. Uh, if you if you're listening, you need to go watch the audio, the video version too. See my glasses. Uh, they have me feeling extra loopy at any given time of a recording. Uh, but you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, also at The College Loop. And with all of that being said, I hate Alabama, War Damn Eagle, and let's get this win. This has been The College Loop post-game or pre-game show. Not pre post-game yet. That'll be on Sunday. Keep an eye out for that at 6 o'clock Central. Uh, this has been the College Loop pregame show for the Iron Bowl. Love you guys. Bye.